Welcome to the Fairview Baptist Church Discipleship Podcast. This is a resource designed to help the covenant members of Fairview Baptist Church carry out our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Joshua Johnston, and today I'm joined by Jared Sneed, and we have one very special guest. Today we're joined by Edwin Pacheco of Redemption Church in New York City. Edwin, welcome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Now, Edwin, you are greatly loved by our church. Uh, many of our folks have they've met you in person and even more have seen and heard about your ministry efforts uh, and, and the efforts of Redemption Church, and, and we've been so encouraged by what we've seen. Uh, but for those of us that may not know you, would you quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Edwin Pacheco. Um, I am a church planter here in Brooklyn, New York. Born and raised here in New York, and so I'm a Brooklyn boy. Um, man, just uh, kind of fell into church planting um, probably about, I want to say about seven or eight years ago. It was something that really wasn't on my radar. Um, at the time, I was serving as an executive pastor and um, and doing some young adult ministry, and it was out of doing young adult ministry, man, that um just really kind of started leaning into church planting, and it wasn't something that was like, on my radar, it wasn't something that was happening much in New York City at the time. Um, but I, I really began to ask the question, what would it look like to do church in a context that, like, really dealt with um, the real needs of people um, uh, from a con- from a contextual, like, reality? What does that mean, like, to see the gospel impact um, all areas of life and not just our spiritual walk? Um, and a big part of that was just out of the reality that, like, we were gathering about 90 young adults, uh, mainly college students and young families, showing up Saturday nights for an unconventional kind of service, but they wouldn't show up on Sunday mornings. And so um, and so we just kind of were like thinking about what was the difference between a Saturday night and Sunday. And it really was the framework of how we were doing ministry where it was far more conversational and far more driven around discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, man, it was out of that that we, we just felt called um, to plant the church, and that began our journey. Man, that's awesome. We uh, we had uh, Eric Hoke on another podcast uh, yeah. earlier, and I know you know Eric, and um, you guys are somewhat connected there, even though you're kind of far apart in New York City. Yeah. Uh, and we asked him this, so we wanted to ask you this as well. It's uh, now that it's 2021, uh, we're reflecting back on 2020, and it's been uh, a crazy year. <laughs> uh, yeah. And ministry for churches. Uh, looked really different. And, you know, here at Fairview, we were reevaluating things all the time, rethinking things. And so we were assuming that it was uh, similar for you. And so we wanted to ask, what has ministry looked like uh, for you guys at Redemption Church and in your, your neighborhood there? Um, yeah, man, that 2020 did, did some work on us, man. <laughs> we started off <laughs> the year, you know, we started off the year excited because we were coming off of uh, 2019 and we were seeing some growth in our church. We were gathering about about 50 adults and another like 15, 20 kids. And so, you know, for us in New York City, we were like, okay, this is this is working. You know, God is at work. And, um, and so we went into the year excited. Um, and around February, March, man, we just started hearing about COVID in New York City. And um, when it hit, it hit hard in the city um, where New York became kind of the epicenter of the world of what that looked like. I wound up getting sick as well, uh, probably late March into April. And, you know, I was in bed figuring out, will I survive this? Because it really was like one night that just 
you know, I just came to peace with the Lord. I was like, man, if you're going to take me tonight, man, um, just care for my family. Mm. Um, and you know, once I recovered from that, I, I really, as a pastor, just was kind of worried uh, for our church plan because we were we were young. We were just just had hit our two year mark, um, and I would say about sixty to seventy percent of the the people coming to our church were new converts or people that had disengaged from the church and really started coming back to the, to the Lord. And so we had a very young church, um, and I just felt like this pandemic was gonna knock the wind out of our sails, man. And I, I didn't think. You know, in the back of my mind, I was hoping that we would survive um, and be one of those lucky churches. But there was some fear in, in all of that. Um, and ironically, man, while I was in bed, our community leaders started calling me and mm. community members and were asking the church because we, you know, we built our church out of serving our community and, and doing discipleship through that. And they began asking, "What's how's the church going to respond to what's happening now? There are a bunch of needs. And so we responded to the greatest need that we saw, which was... Um, uh, the need for food equity in our neighborhood and we started providing meals for families and out of that um, we spent all of 2020 from about april on just serving our community um through providing food um and through that um we didn't have a place to worship and so just like everybody else we went online and um we saw people showing up on our on our, our facebook lives and never showed up to church mm. uh, people that we were seeing you know on the food line now we began to not just show up for the food line, but began to volunteer with us and then began to like call us our, you know, their church. And so we, right now, we're, we have a kind of a group of people that are calling Redemption Church their home church. Uh, so we went from about 40 or 50 people to about 80 people now. Um, and all of our discipleship is happening, you know, on the streets while we're handing out food. Um, so ironically, our church grew through the pandemic. And there's no way that as a pastor, I would have, I would have assumed or wanted a pandemic to hit to see, you know, church growth. And, but it's been happening. And so we've been kind of just seizing the moment um, and just trying to kind of pull best practices out of this season uh, to be able to help other church plants and other guys in our region kind of um, look at um, kind of what we're calling a Luke 10 model of community renewal um, as a framework for planting churches uh, that can survive, you know, crisis moments like this. I, uh, I I remember back when you got sick. I was like following your story through social media, and uh, you were putting out, or your family was putting out some videos um, about what you were going through. And I remember uh, feeling nervous for you, and and uh, yeah. and praying, you know, that you would be okay. So I'm really glad that uh, you were able to recover and uh, to see the response that your church has had in the coronavirus season uh, has been really encouraging to me. So, yeah, yeah. We love, no, love to hear you. about it. Um, well, again, we, we know it's been a challenging year and uh, we just want to ask, um, how are you like, as in specifically your family, how are you guys doing? And, yeah. uh, but also how is the church that you guys serve? How are they doing? Yeah. So us as a family, I think we're doing pretty well considering kind of our circumstance that we, we live in a, in a department that's, probably about 900 square feet and it's four of us in here and I'm the only dude here. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm surviving. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the wife is doing good. She's working from home. Um, and that's given her an opportunity to like get her hands dirty with ministry. And so she's been an amazing help to like, to me personally. And then what the Lord is doing with our church. And so that's been, that's been uh, refreshing for her as well. And our girls are doing school from home remotely as well. And, um, 
man, there's, there's ups and downs with those, you know, just yeah. the, the reality <laughs> of, of all four of us being here together and, and doing life together 24 seven. Um, but they, they're surviving, man. Um, my, my, my girls are actually doing really well in school, which is great. Um, and the talks are that New York city will open up their schools fully next year. Um, but I'm like, man, if, if, if I can keep my girls home a little bit longer because they're doing really well in school, like we're going to do that. <laughs> um, and my, my daughter, this is her first year of high school. So she's like, no, I want to be social, but I'm like, I want your grades up. So like, yeah. we're, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but uh, so as a family, man, we're doing pretty well. Um, there definitely were some moments where we just, it just felt crazy just because the the confinement that we were in. And so that led us to kind of get a car. Um, we had given up our car when we moved into the neighborhood to plant the church. And we were just like, man, we just, we need to get out whenever we can. And so we, we purchased a car to like go on weekend, you know, getaways, go to Pennsylvania, whatever we need to do or go shopping. And so that's been helpful. Um, and then recently we added an, an addition to our family. Um, I needed some, some testosterone here. Yeah. And so we got a, <laughs> a four month old, uh, English bulldog. So that's been my buddy. And his, uh, uh, so his name is uh, Meatball, is that right? Meatball, yeah. yes. <laughs> Meatball. That's the best <laughs> and name. It's, it's, yeah. It is crazy, man, because like, we walk him in our neighborhood, and people that had, have never spoken to us ever, and we've been living here about four years, they've never wanted to talk to us. Um, you know, And we're probably one of the very few uh, minority families in, in our neighborhood. But, man, when they see Meatball, they yeah. gravitate to Meatball, though, you know, and so <laughs> I'm like, you never wanted to talk to me in four years, right. but you stopped because you told you. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I'll take advantage of that. And so we're meeting more people now because of him. So <laughs> yeah. our, our family's doing really good, man. He's brought some joy to us. Um, and then as a church, man, um, as a church, we're we're in a in a funky stage. Um, and I, I don't say that in a negative way, but um, 2020 really did some it did some work on on us. Um, you know, personally, almost everyone that has been part of our church and knows somebody or um, has lost a family member or a friend. Um, and so coming into 2021, I just, I just felt the need that like I needed to shepherd our congregation. Well, um, not around growing, you know, the church, but more so um, just kind of recovering well and being healthy emotionally and spiritually. Um, because again, a lot of people have, have lost, um, and just didn't have the opportunity to mourn well uh, because of COVID. So, like, you know, for me, I, I lost my grandmother probably the, the week after I was I was sick. Um, and I wasn't able to go to her funeral. And, you know, as a Puerto Rican family, we're a large family, tight-knit family. Um, and so we do everything together as a family. And uh, we weren't able to do that well. Um, and so there, there were a lot of emotions around um, what has happened in this past year, not only with COVID, but also... You know, coming being in New York, the reality of like this, the the protests and the social justice issues, and all those things hit home for so many of us. And so, the, it just felt like it was a year that compounded a bunch of different issues, and it was hard to process and hard to like have a, a place to bring these things to. Um, and so, um, the church is growing because we, as a church, have been very vocal and kind of in our position of the gospel um and what it does to transform lives and and you know our context and families and to bring healing and so it's brought hope to a lot of people um but we're also dealing with a lot of people that are hurt and broken and so um we're kind of in recovery mode right now where our focus has been from the beginning of the year getting our play, our guys to a place of um spiritual and emotional health 
being able to kind of process feelings and giving them the freedom to to feel. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I know for me growing up in a Christian context, there kind of was this taboo that like you can't feel feelings. You didn't have like you didn't have the right to be angry or to be upset or to be hurt. You know, if you had faith, you just had to get over it and move forward and not process these things. And then when you're living in a in an urban context like this, you know, where, you know, poverty and crime and fatherlessness and systemic, you know, racism exists in our context. Like these are just so many things that people just don't deal with. And lastly, this kind of was a tipping point for a lot of people. So we put some work into just allowing people to feel um, and not say this is right or wrong, but say, hey, like the Lord has given us the gift of feeling, um, even if it hurts us, let's acknowledge it and let's figure out what it like, what does the gospel say to this? And how do we not just move on, but how do we allow those feelings um, to actually bring healing and lead us more towards Jesus as opposed to just kind of burying them and, you know, trying to get over it without actually going through the process of, of true healing. Yeah, we appreciate you uh, telling us all that. And now, Edwin, as you know, uh, Annie Armstrong uh, Easter offering mm-hmm. is coming up. And yep. uh, for those that may not be aware, the Annie Armstrong Easter offering goes specifically to support ministry efforts through the North American Mission Board. And um, you guys are a, a church that is connected to North American Mission Board or a church planted through North American Mission Board. And so can you share a little bit about how NAM has uh, supported your ministry efforts there? Yeah. And so I would say, man, um, uh, uh, there's a lot to be said about it. And I think specifically because of the leadership here in New York City. So um, here in New York, uh, kind of what happens is that church funds that are planting in the city um, are funded um, on different levels according to like what they're doing and not so much performance, but like how they're planting their church, what those models look like and what their needs are. And so I've had the opportunity of being one of those planters that receive funding on a monthly basis through the North American Mission Board. Um, And so for the first uh, years of planting the church, Man, it just kind of helped to bring some stability financially to me as a pastor. When I first started planting um, about six years ago, I was bi-vocational, so I was working a full-time job and then planting. And kind of the giving that was coming through the North American Mission Board has helped me to transition to full-time work, which has allowed me to be a far more effective pastor um, and a, a far more better disciple maker because I'm able to spend my time with people um and, and just kind of give myself to my community and so that's been a great thing that it's taking some of the burden off financially um and kind of considering the cost of living in new york is outrageous um and it's it's kind of freed me up to not, not worry as much as i would have in the past if i wasn't receiving that um and then secondly i i would also highlight one of the great things about it is that um, through the North American Mission Board, I'm not just supported by it, but there is a part of it that does wife support. And so every now and then, um, my wife is receiving gifts um, from from them uh, around just encouragement. That can be anything from uh, a handwritten letter, just kind of encouraging her as a wife and as a mom and just as a team member, um, and that she's valued and she's she's like they acknowledge her, they know her. Um, and sometimes, you know, we get, she'll get a gift card and other times for like special occasions, anniversaries, birthdays, um, myself and my wife are getting stuff. 
Um, I think one of the blessings out of it as well is that like um, our kids are seen as part of our team. And so like the financial part doesn't translate to our kids, but the fact that they're getting letters, they are seen that we're being prayed for, man, those things are major when you're planting a church and there are seasons that as a planter you go to and um, sometimes they, they're, they're lonely. Um, and then there's sometimes where it's like, things are going great. Um, and you just, you know, you're just overwhelmed. And it's in moments like that, that like, we'll get a letter, you know, just of encouragement, you know, just reminding us, Hey, we're praying for you guys. Um, and so that thing, those things have been amazing. And then locally, um, it's also helped to like provide opportunities for brotherhood with, um, with guys like Eric, you know, and other planters in our city that quarterly we would get together. We'd have an event for our families and we come out with our wives and kids and just kind of forget about ministry. And, and, um, and our said NYC team has done an amazing job of just providing opportunities for us to just kind of be refreshed and, and just kind of recharge and to keep on the mission. And so the giving through any Armstrong, um, uh, has been a great blessing to us in so many ways. And I know it's not just us, but, um, but man, we have definitely benefited from it. And, um, and so we enjoy it. So I would encourage people to keep on giving because, uh, <laughs> you know, church friends need that encouragement. Amen. Uh, I, I appreciate so much the, the things you shared, uh, because I think those are a lot of the things that go unseen. Uh, and, and yeah. so it's so good to hear how much, uh, they care for you guys. And it really, uh, even moves past the physical things into the, the mental, the emotional and, and yeah. your guys' spiritual well being. And so thanks again for sharing those things. And, uh, like I said earlier, uh, our, our church really does, uh, love you guys. And for those that have met your family, they, they love your family. You've got a sweet family and I know I we're excited that. to, to, to meet Meatball when we get a chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I know our church, um, uh, they're very committed to praying for you, and uh, they want to know how to, yeah. to best pray for you and to pray for your family and to pray for Redemption Church. And so uh, could you give us an, a, a few ideas of how we could pray for you guys? Yeah, one of the biggest things that we're asking people to uh, join us in prayer around is so with the price of the pandemic, we were actually renting out of a nonprofit space that was very gracious to us and allowed us to gather there. Um, but because of the pandemic, they kind of are like they're they're working remotely. So we haven't had a location to actually um, meet out of. Um, and as a result, everything that we've been doing has been just kind of really on the street um, or in partnership and in collaboration with other entities. And so we're really looking for our own space. Um to do everything out of a big part of that is we've gotten a, uh, a grant from one of the, um, the food distribution um, organizations here in the city. And we to date have been able to provide over 1.8 million pounds of food to our community and to other communities in our city. That's amazing. Um, and yeah. And, and now with the cold hitting New York um, it's becoming challenging because we have people that still are in need and like the numbers haven't gotten down in regards to like, the need of the of the families that we're providing for, and we're getting anywhere between um, right now with the cold, it's kind of gone down a little bit, but we're still meeting the needs of about three to four hundred families every Friday um, in our neighborhood. Wow. And so, we're there's one location that we have been looking at, um, and our city council member has been working to try to help us get that space. The landlord wants us in that space, and so we've been negotiating with him. The challenge has been that that space is is not zoned for commercial use or for the kind of work that we're doing. And so 
We're in the process of trying to get that space uh, rezoned and to get us a special permit to be in the space. It's about uh, 3,200 square feet. It's a warehouse that's completely empty, ready for moving. Um, and what's great about it, it's like a block away from where we do our food distribution right mm-hmm. now. And it has kind of a truck lift gate. So the truck that comes to deliver can actually back up into the space and it makes things easier. So we're, we're praying for that space. Um, and if not that space, if the Lord will open the door for us to actually have our own space to gather in. Um, so, yeah, man, that's like our biggest thing right now. We're, we're praying that we can lock in a space that we can rent or lease um, or even purchase if we needed to um, that would actually accommodate the needs, not just for now, but for long term. Oh, great. Um, so for those that are uh, listening, uh, we'll, I'll summarize uh, Edwin's prayer requests, and I'll throw those in the podcast notes, and so you can find those there and, and certainly pray for uh, Edwin. Um, all right, man, you've, uh, you've done pretty well so far, uh, but <laughs> okay. we, we, we've got one more question for you. And I, uh, I have, you're going to throw the curveball now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and i got to warn you, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one, uh, and so I hope you're ready. Uh, we like to end our podcast with uh, just one random question. Uh, don't give it too much thought. Just kind of answer uh-huh. it, and we'll kind of see what comes out. All right? All right. So, what is one thing that you hate but you wish you loved? Yeah, that's an easy one. I would say college football. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, well, right. I, I'm actually a little bit with you. I don't really have a college team, and so uh, I, I will watch professional football over college football. Yeah, any day. exactly. And that's the thing. Here in New York, we really didn't have a, a college team to root for, and so it's like, you know, Sundays was a day for us, but um. You know, being part of uh, being part of SBC and NAM, you know, the last couple of years, every time we have mission teams or we're visiting churches, um, it, it's all about the college team. And I'm like, man, you guys don't have like a professional team. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I don't think they have a professional team here in Carolina, do they? Uh, oh, they those, pa- those Panthers. Yeah, I guess they're. they're Panthers, I guess yeah. they're I mean, professionals. <laughs> don't ask me about yeah. sports. I won't be able to answer. No, no. <laughs> Are the Panthers North Carolina or South Carolina? Oh, they're North Carolina. Yeah. They, they actually practice in South Carolina. I oh, do. They? Not too far from where I grew up. Yeah. I used to go watch That's, them practice. Do both states get to kind of like, do you guys get to split the team and like both get credit for it? Or I think that's the uh, that's what the South Carolinians like to think. <laughs> Part of me wonders, does anybody really want credit for them? <laughs> Jared, what about you? Uh, what's one thing that I hate that which I love? So uh, we used this question with Eric, and I didn't know you were going to ask it again. And I last time I, I gave out my list, and so I was struggling to think of something else. But uh, I think I'm going to say lotion. I hate the way lotion feels, and I hate using it, and I can't stand it. But I wish <laughs> I loved it because... I got sun poisoning on my hands in high school, and every winter, my hands crack open, mm-hmm. like split open, and I need lotion, and I can't stand it. I hate it. I hate it so much. It answers a lot, because you've got some ashy elbows, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I got one, and I'll, I'll, I'll stay with the sports-related theme. Uh, I grew up in Texas. Um, and uh, I came to North Carolina less than two years ago, and 
people around here like hockey. Uh, I wish I loved hockey. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen an entire game from beginning to end. Uh, I just don't get it. So <laughs> there we have it. Uh, well, Edwin, we're, we're just about out of time. But, uh, man, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Well, until next time, Fairview, may we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank you.